Welcome to the Parkinson's Disease Caring Podcast, where we discuss caregiving topics to build knowledge and experience to be more confident and more effective care partners and caregivers. I am your host, Dr. Kevin Kloss. I am a movement disorder and Parkinson's disease specialist in private practice. I'm also a care partner for my mom battling Parkinson's disease. Welcome to season two. Thank you for your support of this podcast. Welcome to season two of the Parkinson's Disease Caring Podcast. This year, we are going to focus on a topic each month. We will dedicate all of the shows during that month to that particular topic. The first topic that I am choosing is related to the symptom of swallowing dysfunction in Parkinson's disease. The reason I chose this topic to start the new year is that swallowing dysfunction in Parkinson's disease is more common than we think. It can occur in any stage of Parkinson's disease. And the issue that we find in the clinic is that this is a very underdiagnosed problem. There are a couple of reasons for this. Number one, patients seem to have a poor self-awareness of swallowing dysfunction, and we seem to underutilize testing to evaluate swallow function. If we can detect swallowing dysfunction early in the course of its development, we can improve quality of life for our loved one, and we can also reduce mortality rate. There are a number of complications that can occur from swallowing dysfunction. Our loved one can become malnourished, dehydrated, and most concerning is the possibility of aspiration pneumonia. In fact, this is the number one complication that can lead to a death ultimately for a Parkinson's disease patient. We don't have a good handle on the exact prevalence rate of swallowing dysfunction in Parkinson's disease. If you look at the medical literature, you'll find studies that report anywhere from 18% to 100% prevalence. In my clinical practice, I would say it's very close to 100% throughout the course of the illness. The longer a patient has Parkinson's disease, the more likely they will develop swallowing dysfunction. One study reported that the prevalence rate was about 35% when we are just asking the patient if they have any swallowing trouble. However, when they tested the same group of patients with objective swallow testing, they found that the prevalence was actually 82%. Another study question Parkinson's disease patients about swallowing dysfunction. In this particular group, none of the patients reported a swallowing difficulty. However, when the patients received a video swallow evaluation or fiber optic exam, they found swallowing difficulties in 50% of this particular group. So what we know is that patients are not adequately able to assess whether they are having swallow dysfunction in many cases. We also have to be aware that some patients will have what is called silent aspiration, where the dysfunction of the swallowing mechanism 
is causing some of the liquid or food to aspirate into the lungs. However, there is not a coughing or choking reaction that occurs to allow the patient or one observing to know that there is a problem with swallowing function. So this month we will be talking more detailed about the evaluations for swallowing dysfunction. We will be talking about treatment options for swallowing problems. We will also talk about a recent consensus statement. This is a report that was published in the Journal of the Neurological Sciences in 2021. It was a consensus on the treatment of swallowing problems. We call swallowing problems with the medical term dysphagia. So this was a consensus on the treatment of dysphagia in Parkinson's disease. This particular consensus discussed the evidence to support certain testing for swallowing dysfunction and the clinical trial evidence to support certain treatments as well as nutrition for Parkinson's disease swallowing impairment. In my clinical practice, I find it very unusual for a patient to come into the office and tell me the number one problem that they're dealing with is trouble swallowing. This is quite unusual. Usually the care partner or caregiver will mention this particular problem uh, during the interview, but it may not be the top one, two, or three symptoms discussed. It's often treated somewhat casually, like, oh, by the way, uh, sometimes my loved one is choking or coughing excessively when they're swallowing their meals, or sometimes they're just having difficulty with thin liquids, or it may just be at certain times of the day they notice some dysfunction. A patient just recently uh, came to see me and said they were doing just fine, but the loved one uh, had mentioned that during the course of the day, there are certain meals that go through without any difficulty. There's no choking or swallowing problems, obvious, to the loved one. But then on occasion, there might be a snack or a certain meal of the day where the patient does have some trouble and they might cough or choke on certain items. When we look at this particular problem in more detail, we will often find that the occurrence of the swallowing dysfunction may be at a time when their regular Parkinson's disease medication is wearing off. So as the medication is wearing off, the muscles involved in swallowing may not be coordinating or working as well as they do at other times of the day, and this may then cause the patient to have some trouble. When we look at swallowing, in general, we like to split this into three different phases. So first there is an oral phase where the liquid or food or both are entering into the mouth and have to pass into the back of the throat. The second phase is called the pharyngeal phase where the food bolus or liquid is actually swallowed down past the back of the throat and into the upper esophagus. And finally, the third phase is called the esophageal phase because now the food bolus or liquid is passing into the actual esophagus 
and making its way down toward the stomach. Now, in Parkinson's disease, there are a number of problems that can create difficulty with the oral phase. Even at the early part of the illness, it's not unusual for patients to tell us that they're noticing extra saliva, that they actually have some drooling, or later in the course, when patients receive certain medications, they might notice that their mouth is excessively dry. If medication is not being used, or at times when the medication is wearing off, there may be some hesitancy to be able to actually move the food or liquid around the mouth to get it to this right step to be able to be swallowed. There can be some weakness or difficulty moving the tongue, and sometimes there's even difficulty with the chewing muscles. I had a patient years ago that had great difficulty with the muscles of mastication. So the muscles that are involved in chewing were actually developing involuntary muscle contractions. So this would cause him, every time he would put a fork in his mouth or or any food or liquid or even a straw, his muscles of mastication would clench down like a vice, and he ended up breaking several teeth because the, the teeth were clenching down so strongly on the utensil, and it was very difficult for him at that point to open his mouth and, and therefore be able to properly chew the food. There are other patients that have struggled with uh, getting the food manipulated in the mouth to a point where it could be swallowed effectively. And so we need to look at this oral phase for a number of different problems and potential solutions. Then in the pharyngeal phase, there can be problems with the swallow reflex that it utilizes the nerves and muscles. There can be weakness of the muscles that uh, elevate the palate to allow the food or liquid to go down the proper direction. There can be weakness in the epiglottis, which is the flap that helps protect the airway. And so these particular problems would not be easily uh, detected with a clinical exam in the office, but would need more formal diagnostic testing. And then similarly, in the esophageal phase, there can be dysfunction of the sphincter muscle at the top of the esophagus, which is making it difficult for food to pass down into the esophagus. Or there can be difficulty with the muscles of the esophagus to push the food bolus down into the stomach. And if reflux is present, this can also create some difficulty with swallow. Again, this is an area that's difficult to see in the clinic and would need more formal evaluation with diagnostic testing. So we look at the swallow process in three different phases, and ideally this would involve numerous specialists to properly evaluate the swallow function. So this month we will be talking in more detail about how we can evaluate these different phases of the swallow apparatus. We will talk about the testing that's available and we will talk to some of the specialists involved to get their viewpoint on how we are best to obtain a diagnostic study and what to do about it when we find certain problems along this pathway. 
So please join us for the next episode. These episodes will be coming out on Mondays this month, and we will dive deep into the dysfunction of swallowing and Parkinson's disease. We will be talking more about these diagnostic tests, recommendations about how often and what particular tests may be necessary for your loved one, and we will be discussing treatment options. What are the treatments that have shown good evidence to be helpful and which treatment options may be out there that are not working at all and frankly are a waste of time for your loved one. We will talk about nutrition and proper support of patients who have chronic swallowing dysfunction. So I look forward to diving deep into this topic over the course of this month and I thank you for your support of this podcast. Thank you for joining the Parkinson's Disease Caring Podcast. Please visit pdcaring.com for more information. And remember, you are a better Parkinson's disease caregiver than you think.